Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Bezaz Hashem, BPJ number 43, that's Bias Pnimi Joint Group, share number 43. We're going to talk about how to improve as husbands our marriages, recognizing it is up to us, it is not our wives, it is us that we need to work on our midas, on how we think and how we feel and what we do in order to enhance our marriage and we said that it applies to all aspects of marriage in every situation. There will be times when you wake up and you feel lucky, you feel benched from your point of view because your marriage is very, very good. You're getting along great. You talk things out. You believe in the best in each other. You're giving. You're getting focused attention from one another. It feels good. There is physical intimacy that is very satisfying. There's no pressure. There's very little criticism. And when your friends ask you, how's it going at home? You say, couldn't be better, and you mean it. Now, it is very rare in our lives that we feel this way, realistically. It's never permanent. But there are times where it could be very, very good. And when a husband and wife works together on their marriage and on themselves as individuals, Hashem gives that bracha where you experience very often this type of menuchas nefesh and this type of shalom bias. You're in a good season. But we need to remember though, and we'll talk about it soon, that there are different kufas in marriage, even in good marriages. Now when you're in a good place, and this is something that when you're not in a good place to strive to work towards again, is when there's open communication, even about difficult things, like issues with physical intimacy, issues with emotional intimacy, whatever it may be, hashkafas, there's open communication, even though it's difficult to talk about. Conflicts are resolved without those negative emotions. You're able to do it in a calm, mature, adult way. You work together smoothly, making plans, solving problems, making decisions. You have a shared vision of your marriage and of your family. You both know what you want it to look like and you're both willing to make the individual sacrifices to make it happen. And you know your roles and you see and you have the blessing of each other's roles with one another. Husband is very happy with the wife's roles and what she's doing and the husband, wife is very happy with her husband's. Very little conflict. There's a willingness to have each other's back in emergencies where each one takes over the other one. There's no yelling, no pouting. They work things out. Each one accepts the key being that each one is accepting the other as he or she is. When neither one is trying to change the other one, when each spouse is not trying to take personally things that were said innocently, and when feelings do get hurt, they talk it over quickly, they repair the relationship, and they move on, and they don't hold grudges. Now, how rare is what we just, just described? There's no marriage on earth that totally measures up to what we just said always. It's not realistic to think so. There will always be soft spots, there will always, always be vulnerabilities in marriages, things you need to strengthen, things you need to work on. And people change, people grow, sometimes people regress somewhat. We never stay the same. And it's impossible to say that no matter how good your marriage is, that it's great all the time. It's not even healthy to say that. Because life, you have to really realize what Hashem's 
purpose of this life is, is that is it has nisyanis and challenges, and there's a lot of self-work involved. There's nothing to get distressed about. And what we're going to discuss in, 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 in the shiurim to come is various steps to take that you need to take to keep it going and to keep it growing. Very often, what we described is something ideal to strive for. Hashem Sanyans benches us with it. Sometimes it's not like that, and in general, our marriage is what we call okay. Okay meaning that it's stable, it's consistent. Generally speaking, there's harmony and peace and cooperation and collaboration. And there's a routine to life together. Um, could be you're both busy, you don't have time to think about your marriage. So why bother thinking about it? We're getting by, our marriage is fine, we don't fight much, we love each other, and we're nowhere near that messy stuff of real dysfunction. We're grateful we're not at war with each other. But even if you're in that matzav, one needs to realize that peace does not mean that, you know, peace is not defined by absence of war. And no great marriage is defined by the absence of conflict. It's easy to take things and people for granted. And it's very often that, that, um, you know, you feel disillusion in your marriage. And there's research that shows that very often surveys show that women are less happy in marriages than men most of the time. Women are more likely than men to see problems in their marriage. Women are more likely to initiate divorce. They ask for divorce two-thirds of the time and are more than three times as likely as their former husbands to have strongly desire that divorce. And there are many reasons for this. And... Very often, you know, it's really because we as men don't think about marriage and relationships the same way that women do. They take it a lot more seriously than we do, frankly. So, you know, a lot of times, very often, uh, what husbands do, and it's a mistake, is they feel confident in their wives' loves. They feel so confident that their wives love them and they're for them because they're cooking for them and they're taking care of things. So you ignore them. You put everything into your work or into your learning or into other things. For a while, it'll be fine. Then it becomes standard and you're into your work or you're into your other things. And she may like, yeah, she may like that, Taka, you're you're earning money and she may like those things, but she wants you and she wants the relationship. And many of us are clueless. We're thinking things are okay because we're not investing in our marriage and she's acting in their regular way that, okay, everything's fine. And we don't realize that this rift and this resentment is happening because of our lack of attention towards our wives. So we need to shake ourselves out of even these quote-unquote okay marriages. We need to wake up even if things seem to be going okay. Things are in cruise control. We need to fight that and say that's not good. That's not good enough. We need to stop that. We need our standards to be higher. We need our marriage to be outstanding. Raise okay to outstanding. And of course, there are many where they actually have struggles in their marriage right now. Where unfortunately, that D word, the divorce word, comes up a lot. And you, you're both struggling, and that's sad. And you may have to come, you know, sometimes there's situations that come up that blow things apart and it's very very important to get counseling to get help when these things happen but even when these things happen things could 
and do improve when there is a lot of self-work involved. When the marriage is in trouble, they're fighting about money, and it's not just when they are tight with money, like we explained, even when they have a lot of money, they're fighting about it all the time. They fight about the physical intimacy aspects. It's a sore subject. Um, they fight about their views on other people, on their ashkafas. They fight about everything and anything. And there's a certain boredom there. They feel, ah, it's the same old thing. I'm getting older, she's getting older, and you look around and, you know, and you see, you know, life is always greener, grass is always greener on the other side. That's something we need to fight as well. So the one aspect, which sounds small, one step to do is you need to decide, make a decision. It's an it's a internal, built-in, deep decision, whether you feel the emotion yet or not, that you're going to love your wife. You decide you love your wife and that you want to spend the rest of your life married to her and tell her that and say it and mean it and you need to mean it. It's not an exciting thing to do. It's a necessary thing to do. It's non-negotiable. Everything else that we're going to talk about is won't work unless you really make a decision really mean what you're saying and tell your wife often and then of course back it up with actions that we're going to describe i love you i want to spend the rest of my life married to you and i care about you and that is key your heart has to be in it and if your heart is not yet in it your mind has to be totally convinced that you want your heart to be in it you have to be bought in you're choosing to stay married. You're choosing a path that may be long and maybe sometimes hard. And sometimes, yes, you will be ignored. Sometimes it's possible you'll be screamed at. Some t- days in certain situations you'll be rejected or stonewalling. Or sometimes you'll be felt disrespected. You'll feel minimized as a man. There are situations where your needs will not be met. And you'll be ignored at times. There will be setbacks. In in the beginning, certainly, there'll be more setbacks than advances. It may not feel good a good portion of the time as you're doing this work. And if your marriage is 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 not doing so well, you put on those what we call big boy pants, and it's not going to feel good for, for a while, and you know that, and you say, I am committed to do this work. Yeah, ma sheyia. I'm going to do this work. By the way, this is transformative, what people do when they actually do real tshuva. When they actually, for example, if you have, we're giving it just a technical example. It's a fascinating story that that, that, that I heard a Rav say, and listen carefully, because it's a Yisoyed, I'm going to bring it to bring it into marriage. There was, there was, a, there was a tremendous mechanach, the best Rebbe, Everyone loved him, and he had tremendous talmidim, and he was a mashpia, and everyone loved him, and and he was the you know the best. But the Rebbe confided to the Rabbim and said the following: "You need to know. You think I became what people believe to be a great Rebbe, like you know, because I was always good. I was when I was younger a troublemaker, a tremendous troublemaker. I didn't take life seriously. I fooled around, meaning I I, I did just wasted my time, got into trouble." barely learned 
And then there was a situation, I forgot, maybe it was in the late um, Sifta years where they were pairing up Chavrusis, you know, because they have a, a shear and then they have time where they chaza with specific Chavrusis. And the Rebbe said, this is this, is this Rebbe talking, that when he was a boy, this is what happened. The Rebbe said, I want you to put on a piece of paper names of, pick five names of, of Harusis that you would like to learn with. Each person should do that. And based on what they wrote, the Rebbe is going to pair up Harusis. So that's what happened. Every boy in the class wrote a, a, on a piece of paper a, an option of five people, maybe three people, whatever, of Harusis they would want to learn with. The Rebbe reviewed it, had all these pieces of paper, reviewed it, and paired up the Harusis. And then he didn't, he shouldn't have done this, but whatever it is, he threw, he threw it in the garbage, all these papers. So this Rebbe's talking now, this great Rebbe, an adult saying, So when I so when I was a child, when I was that that Bachar, I barely learned. I looked in, I was curious. I went into the garbage and I looked through the papers and I saw various names there. And then I looked and I realized not one person had my name on it. Not one person wanted to be my Chavrusa. They knew that he wasn't serious about his learning. And he realized no one wanted to learn with him. Not one. Everyone else had their name here, here. And they, even the weaker Bachram had a name you know, mentioned a few times. I want to learn with him or him, whatever. He was the only boy that his name was not mentioned once on any of those papers. No one wanted to learn with him. And then he said, the, he said, Barabim, he said, this was a tremendous wake-up call. It shook me to the core. And then I realized I have a decision to make. I could become fallen to despair and I could give up on this part of life and say, eh, this is not for me and move in the wrong direction. Or I could say, you know something? I need to change. I need to work on things. I need to improve. And that is what he did. He decided from that point on he's going to take his learning seriously. And he said in the beginning no one was Makabalit. They thought he was the same jokester, whatever it was. And But he didn't care what people thought or didn't thought, think or what his Rebbe thought or didn't think. He kept at it, kept at it, kept at it until he thrived to become a big Talmud Chacham and learn and thrive and to be a Mechanech. And he's one of the best Rebbeim out there now. Same thing goes with our marriages. When things are falling apart or things about yourself, you know, it's not going, you look at yourself look directly in the mirror and you say to yourself, I'm going to change now. I'm going to be, I'm going to stop blaming my wife for this and that or life for this and that. I'm going to look myself in the mirror and I'm going to become the best person and then the best husband I could possibly be. And whether I feel it or not, I'm going to love my wife. And I'm not just talking about a day. I'm going to love her for a day or a week or for a month. I am choosing to love her for the rest of my life intensely. I am going to be kind to her. No matter what she says, no matter how she treats me. And I am going to serve her no matter how little she serves me. I'm going to take that mentality and I'm going to choose to get into her frame of reference, even if she doesn't see it my way. It's going to be a one-way street. All the traffic traffic headed in her direction, none heading my way, and I'm going to do this. And are you up for that? Can you handle that? Are you willing to give that love 
a chance, that marriage, a chance to go and take the jump and do this, like this Rebbe did when he turned his life around. When is just like this Rebbe did when he turned his life around. And that is really a key. That's something to really, really think about. This way, when you do this, you do these practical things, over time, yes, you will make her love, the, your love for her will become alive again. And there is a chance over time, and a very, very good chance, she will love you back. It o- won't always be a one-way street. But it could be a one-way street for a while. And the key really is when you're listening to this, are you willing to sign up for this? Are you willing to sign up for this one-way commitment? That your marriage may not be great for a while. And if you're already in trouble, you know, it's going to be a bumpy road, but you're going to stick to the program. Like we said in the beginning of the first year, if you believe in your heart that you're in an abusive situation as a husband, you go to professional couples therapy or alone and you mevara it. And then they'll give you tools of how to handle that. But like I said, and you will find this to be the case, that very often, most of the time, I say 90%, I don't know what the percent exactly is, but the majority of most of you listening to this is, that is not the case. And any type of emotional abuse, quote-unquote, that you perceive is that is basically negative me-dice that were very often exhibited. A lot had to do with the effect of your own very negative me-dice that you treat, how the way you treated her. And that's something that one needs to absorb and needs to understand and needs to hop. Remember, you know, marriage is easy when you feel the love. And when you're not feeling that love, marriage does feel like a cage. I'm trapped in here with this woman. I don't love, you're saying. She doesn't love me, you're saying. I can't get out, neither can he. It's holding both of us from being happy. We think marriage is the problem. We think marriage is holding us back from someone or somebody better. But you know what it really is? I'll tell you the way it really, really is. Imagine you're in a deep jungle in Africa, and all around you there's a forest, and there's little hungry lions and tigers and leopards, jackals, all kinds of hungry animals looking for fresh meat to eat you, to attack you and to rip you limb by limb and to eat you. You do anything for that cage. You'll happily lock yourself inside, That is why we have marriage. This is something you don't normally hear. It is to protect us from dangers and temptations and things that will kill us in the outside life. We think marriage is a cage that's trapping us, especially when things aren't going so well right now. And actually, this cage is like when you're in a jungle with hungry wild animals all around you, and you found a cage to run into, you lock it, and you stay in there, and you're protected. And then you'll learn how to thrive also. So this very marriage that you view as a cage, as a trap, as stifling, if you realize and recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intent of it really is the opposite, it is a quote-unquote cage that will save your life from terrible, terrible things that are there on the outside. And I, right now, it's not pleasant. You're in a, it's stifling right now. That is what you need to change. But think about that. Think about that. That is definitely, like it says, Isha is a chayma, is a wall, is a protection for us. 
We need to understand that. We need to realize that's what it is. And you need to make that decision. And these next few shiurim, like we said, is not easy. It is hard work. And it's for people who are willing to take that leap, willing to give that a try, but be fully 100% committed to it. That yeh mashayyeh, I am going to love my wife, I'm going to tell her I love her, and mean it, whether she reciprocates or does not reciprocate, be kind, yeh mashayyeh. And you do this day in and day out, day in and day out. You get chizik from wherever you need your chizik from, and you will see transformation, tremendous healing transformation, Be'ezus Hashem. Brochen atzlachah.